Hey, guess what? Sydney Beer Week is upon us once again. That's right, Sydney's biggest and best celebration of beer is back for 2018 from October 26 to November 4. This year, the team behind Dave's Travel and Events Group, who also happen to sponsor this podcast, have curated an amazing array of beer-related events, including not one, but two events from us at Sessionable. The first being our classic annual live show at the Royal Albert on the Monday. And for the first time ever, we are inviting you to join us for a live style roulette session, which is happening on the Wednesday at Bucket Boys. Both of them should be heaps fun, so please join us on that. And for the full Sydney Beer Week program, check out sydneybeerweek.com.au. And for even more beer experiences, check out daves.com.au. Sessionable. Uh, welcome everyone to Sessionable. I'm Adrian and I'm here with Liam. Hey guys, how you going? And special guest MC from New South Ales. Hi. Also and Crafty Pine, cr- right? Pine, as, well, Pine yeah. as well, yeah. How's it going? It's going pretty well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a, the most terrible hangover about five minutes ago and this beer's fixed me right up. You're so I'm good. I'm good, I'm yeah, good awesome. now. I think this we're all, all in the same beer. What, what, yeah. are we, what are we drinking? What's the brewery called? Chalton. Chalton. Yeah. From Manchester. Yeah. From Manchester. And this is their mango sour. I would say it's really nice. Yeah. It's a good breakfast beer. Mm. Um, not too sour. Like, yeah, yeah. Not too acidic. Yeah. Not but, too um, salty. Yeah. yeah. Not good. super mangoey, but it's there. Mm. Mm. I, it's not a. Is it a kettle sour? I don't think it's a kettle sour. I have it's no like, idea. Does It's. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really nice and it's subtle, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very smooth. I like it. Um, so, MC, you, uh, you're a. Beer writer, um, time permitting, I guess. Time, time permitting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you do um, you do a bit of work for Crafty Pine and your own blog, I guess. Like you're kind of on top of all the the big issues in the uh, in the beer industry. Well, I think my Facebook feed is about ninety percent posts from breweries. I just follow all the breweries <laughs> and unfollow all the annoying friends. So yeah. it's best all I see when I go on Facebook is all the events and all the news, but. Yeah, at the moment, doing a bit less than I would, would like. I'm very busy with my finishing my PhD, so I haven't quite been on top of it as much as I would like to, but I'm still looking forward to all the upcoming things, especially Sydney Beer Week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, you've probably got the best excuse for not drinking enough beer. Like, no one can begrudge you the fact that you're finishing your PhD, but yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I've always been told that the more you drink, the better you do, so I feel like I shouldn't stop. You've got to find that nice exactly. equilibrium, find right? The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like playing pool, right? Yeah, exactly. Although there is that, it gets to that peak, the and then curve. all of a sudden then it then just drops off. off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got to be careful. Um, so, what are some what are some kind of things that you've noticed recently, especially with the Sydney beer scene, but Australia in general? Well, I think um, I was talking to you about this just before, about that there was an article published by Matt with the ABC today that said on average uh, there's been a, a new brewery opening every every week for the past uh, two years it's on average in Australia. Yeah, which, yeah, is which is crazy. Which is amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a ton of new breweries. And yeah, I think as well, Liam and I were saying that it's kind of beer is getting a bit more of a sophisticated image, mm. really. Yeah. And people are now starting to mix beer, yeah, with with more unconventional things. You know, like we were talking about some of the Sydney Beer Week events and yeah. beer and food matching, and how it's kind of becoming a bit more of a bit more of a sophisticated thing, which is it great. It is, you know, and like um, you know, we had the launch last night for the Beer Week program, and we had it at the Four Point Sheraton. And there was a three-meter-long table full of charcuterie and cheese platter. And I was actually when I did my speech, I was like, you know what? We're kind of growing up a little bit. Yeah. Like, 
No one's punched each other in the face, and we're all <laughs> sitting here having nice shakuts. Like this is very, very civil. And I think it's, you know, I think we're, we've, I think the beauty is kept to its roots, but we are growing up. Like, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's good. It's yeah. exciting. It's changing. It's developing. It's always good to see. I mean, it's, it's one good thing about it being such a young thing in Australia, although maybe not anymore. But you've kind of we've all been able to see it progress from the, especially you, Liam, from the very beginnings into what it has become mm. now. It's just changed so much and so quickly. Yeah, and it's like um, you know, I think sometimes with some of the older people in the industry, like oh, you know, kids these days in the beer industry, and so like, back in my day, but it's like it's everyone's right, and it's it's cool to see how it's developed and grown and. How breweries have you know come and gone, and the zeitgeist has changed, but it's still at its core pretty much the same thing, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. One thing that I would really like to see more of, and I think it's coming out, is that uh, I know that Australia does follow a lot of trends, as does anyone in any industry yeah. follows trends. But I, I think it's it's starting to get there. But I would love to see Australia have a bit more of its own identity when it comes to beer. And I mean, we, we're starting to get there with you know the Australian pale ale and yeah, styles like yeah, that. Yeah. And just but being able to see that foster even more would be really nice. I think you're right. I think it's a good sign of a maturity of our industry is when we're not just doing what everyone else is doing, um, you know. And like every, but at the same time, you want to try the trends. We are isolated as of a course. country, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to try <laughs> a New England IPA and a brewed IPA and whatever yeah. it's going to be next. But I think that. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's, there's a place for someone to be doing those beers, but I think you're right that I think we need to find our own identity, and it's, it is happening. Like, it I is, think you're yeah. right. I think Stoner Woods probably been one of the the biggest factors in Australia defining what an Australian pale ale is as a style. But I think I also think it's kind of the way we do things is a bit different as well. We would hope so. But um, yeah, no, I agree. I think um, also we are seeing Australian breweries kind of latch on to trends a lot quicker these days than. The UC, like brewed IPA, was only a few months old before mm. it, you know, people in in Australia started brewing it. So, but do you think that's a factor of how isolated geographically we are from a lot of the the beer world? Yeah, I think like it, there was a bit of a lag period beforehand, but I think now because you know Australian brewers know that they have to keep on top of styles, it yeah. does come about a lot quicker. I think you know, like New England IPAs took a while to take off here, but. It, it, it has been a lot quicker with brood IPA. The brood IPA is literally off the back of the New England IPA. Like, we wouldn't yeah. have as many brood IPAs. I don't know if we really had that many. I don't think I've... I don't know if I've actually properly I've, tried. Yeah, I've only had one. I've had a couple. Yeah. I don't know how true to style that because I've never really had one before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's a very but good point. We wouldn't have been so quick to take up the brood trend if it wasn't for the New England IPA trend, right? Yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think, you know, like a lot of those styles, it's... I think particularly with New England IPA, it's about having it fresh and having it from the source. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important that we're brewing them here. Or There are people, certain types of breweries doing it because I don't want to have to pay 50 bucks in a six-month-old treehouse or whatever that's going to taste like shit. And then it affects what your perception of the style is, right? So I think we need to have people brewing those styles here. But it's hard because we don't know how true a representation of the yeah, style yeah. is because we've got no reference point. But in a way, that's kind of good to put our own Australian twist on it and our own interpretation yeah. of the style rather than trying to mimic mimic a style from overseas, I guess. I know. And as someone who likes to travel and every part of my travel revolves around <laughs> what beer I can get there, I think it's important to, you know, it's good to be able to not have everything at home so you can travel overseas and yeah. Absolutely, have, yeah. have some variation well. there. Yeah. And have it in context of the place. Like, mm. um, I think, you know, that where you're having a beer makes such a big difference in how the overall perception of a yeah. beer is. Very so. true, yeah. I guess, like, that's one of the things about travelling in Europe where there are certain styles that, 
you know, you don't really see in a lot of other places. So, you know, Belgian beers and, you know, Czech beers that aren't as common in the US or Australia, mm. you can have heaps of, heaps of different ones in Europe. And I think, you know, it'd be nice if we have that kind of style that people come to Australia for. Hmm. Although I was talking um, a, couple, a while ago to the to the brewer at the Endeavour Tap Rooms, and he said that the, the their best selling beer is the IPA, because what happens is that American tourists or those kind of tourists will the come, boat. they'll come like, straight off yeah, the boat, yeah. and the first thing they want to try is Australian hops. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'll, in a way, I suppose it, we do have our own. Yeah, and I think you know we kind of have a duty, uh, particularly someone like Endeavour or, or you know the James Squires Landing, which is just around the corner. That you know they're in a very the rocks is a very touristy area, and literally when those boats come in the passenger terminal, they're literally on their doorstep. Yeah, and I think you kind of have a you know there, there's a bit of an ownership on them to showcase what Australia is, because if that's the first beer that someone's having as they literally land in the country. Better, we better make sure it's a yeah, good one. Yeah, better make sure it's good, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, John Bergen and the guys at Endeavour brew some really nice beers, and very clean beers, and I think it's great. But, yeah, it's kind of it's interesting, right? Um, and I think, you know, is there an ownership on us that we should be showcasing Australian hops more? It's a tough one because a lot of the kind of big zeitgeisty Australian hops get allocated to non-Australian breweries. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah we'd love to do that. We're pretty but... down on the pecking order, <laughs> yeah. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's an interesting thing as well because when I was um, involved with the Sydney Royal judging for Sydney Royal this year, and we're doing a lot of IPAs, and then a lot of the feedback coming from the judges is that they thought that the, a lot of the American hops that were being used in the beers were really like vegetal, and the, the question was being asked is, are we actually getting good American hops at the moment? Or you know, and I, I guess hops is a you know it's a harvested thing, so it changes year to year, mm. and it's seasonal. Um, but I think the feedback was the judges were getting a lot of just really unnice vegetal characters and none of that nice, you know, typical citrus, pine, resin sort of things. And so the question was, are we, you know, are we just not getting very good hops at the moment? Or was it just a bad bad year for particular styles of hops or whatever? Mm, who knows? Changes things, though. Like, yeah. 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 Although one other thing about the the maturity is that the fact that now we are seeing more and more of our own hop growers and even... Uh, not, not, yeah, malts, not malt growers, yeah. maltsters, yeah, yeah. they don't so. grow yeah, malt, yeah. they grow, yeah. Well, some yeah, of them malt. actually grow it as well, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. But yeah, we're seeing a lot more of those and a lot more of them and they're, they're forming relationships with other breweries and then that's becoming a direct link, so I guess yeah. I that, mean, that kind of like farm to plate kind of philosophy, yeah, but in yeah. beer as well. And I like, think, right. you know, wildflower as well, getting their own yeast. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, you know, there's people like Ryefield Hops, which, yep. you know, work with Topher a lot, I think. The Waratah beers they're involved mm-hmm. with, which is really good. Um, the guys like Voyager Malt out near Griffith Way have been working with Batch and a lot of other breweries. Yeah. I mean, I would even say Gladfield out of New Zealand. So yeah. they're basically Australian anyway. But yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there are some people doing some, you know, that sort of farm-to-table style thing. Um, I think, yeah, Ryefield's actually, they, they did an event for Beer Week last year. They're doing it again this year. Yeah, that, um, the um, local ooh. produce event. Yeah, 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 which is basically that that extension of that from a from a beer to food farm to table thing, which is really interesting. Um, I know, can't remember who. I know a couple of years ago, one of the breweries did an event where they because all their spent grain was going to to cow and pig feed. Yeah, um, and they actually uh, broke down one of the animals they'd been mm. feeding off the grain and matched it with a beer that that grain was made from. Sort of a bit of a a full circle yeah, of life, life sort of a thing. thing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, it's really important. And, um, you know, beer, most of the time, as far as we're concerned, gets made in an inner west, inner city, uh, you know, warehouse, right? Exactly, But yeah. it is, uh, there is a lot of... So much more Yeah, a lot to that, yeah. yeah. 
I think we had um, the guys from Batch on recently, and they were talking about how they went. They they did a trip to Gladfield, and being able to see where their malt was coming from, they said and had a big impact on the, how they perceive what they're doing as well, which is really important. So I think you can get disconnected from that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like buying buying your, your meat from from Coles or something in a styrofoam pack, and you don't quite get that yeah the full rundown of how it happens. Yeah, I think that the same thing always happened, you know, with, with coffee as well. That kind of people just drank coffee and now people care where it comes from. They care about the single origin. Yeah. And it's now becoming the, the same thing with beer where you kind of want to know the origins of, of mm. what you're eating and what you're drinking. I went um, did a tour of a coffee facility recently, a roastery. And one of the things that blew my mind is they have the bucket full of stones. So basically when they get the bags of beans, part of it, they've got to sort the beans and they take this machine, which basically shakes it. Oh, and yeah. then this whole bucket of like dirt and rocks and stones come out of it. Oh, wow. Because they're, you know, it's a harvested product. It's yeah, yeah. coming out of the, yeah, from the soil. It's like, that's something that blew my mind. It's like, wait, you, you might have a stone in your coffee? Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, people are starting to care about, like, yeah, you said MC with coffee, like, you know, they want to know that the, the people that are, you know, harvesting the coffee are being treated fairly and that kind of thing. Um, and I guess it's kind of coming through with beer as well. I mean, I guess it's it's a bit different with beer because hops are grown in usually pretty, you know, well-off countries. Mm. But Yeah, but like, you know, like wine. Yeah. Who picks those grapes when it's time to harvest? Yeah, true. <laughs> um, you know, there's a bit of a blinker, like, curtains on a lot of that stuff. Um, even in Australia, like, you know, if you go to the Hunter Valley during harvest time, who's the one that's picking the grapes? It's not the father and son or the family mm-hmm. who um, run the winery, mm. the vineyards. So there's still, I think, some yeah. questions to be asked yeah. there. But yeah. Maybe it's a topic we can explore in the future. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a can of words, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess at the end of the day, if we want to, as a consumer, if you want to you know, know about that stuff, you're going to have to be willing to pay more for when mm. you need to change those conditions, right? That's another part of it. Like it's Yeah, yeah convenient to have your $4 coffee, but if you want to break down where it all comes from, is that coffee going to cost 4 bucks anymore? Mm, true. Yeah. I guess, like, I don't know, you can extend it to um, having, your, having your beer at a beer bar and are those, are those people serving you the beer getting paid properly or are they getting paid cash in hand? You know, I, I, I'm not getting paid cash in hand, but <laughs> I, know, I know a few other bars, like, I'm not going to name any names, but I know other places do it. And, you know, is that ethical? Should we fight for their rights? When we're drinking our beer, that we're yeah, but sometimes enjoying. the staff prefer to be paid cash. Sometimes, in. but it's a it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a I don't know. I think it's a it's an issue that maybe we're not the best ones to um, <laughs> yeah to fight. I guess, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's an important thing. Those yeah. are questions that can be asked, right? And yeah, I, think, I think you're right. Every stage in the process is important, from from the very beginning to the very end. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what you're saying, MC. Is as we're maturing, we're going to start asking some more of these questions. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, and I think it's good. It's good to ask it, but mm. um, if you want to change things, it might change other things as well, like price, which <laughs> is fine. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'd rather pay a little bit more for a beer and know that everyone that was in the process got looked after. Same, yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the issues in Australia is like there's still a stigma with price in beer because because the commercial beers are so cheap. Mm. But and, they're not. They're really not they, that they, much cheaper. They kind of are, like, though. Yeah. Like, we're, this is like a $14 schooner that we're drinking right now, and that's a pretty good price for an imported beer. Well, dude, and, I paid 10 you know, bucks for a furfy last yeah. night at a concert. Like, wasn't yeah, proud that's of that. At con- like, that's yeah. at a concert, <laughs> yeah. though. But, like, if you go to, like, a lion-controlled pub, it'll be, like, what, like, you know, six, seven bucks for a schooner of twoies. 
And people, honest, people like, expect that. Yeah. People expect that price point, but they don't know that, you know, it, it does cost a lot more to produce craft beer. But then, you know, as the industry grows and volume's getting bigger, like, I'm assuming, you know, what, how much is a case of stone of wood going for these days? I think it's pretty cheap these days. Mm. Yeah. It's the power of volume, right? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and as breweries are growing and growing, and, you know, I think most of the breweries are starting to grow. Um, you know, we see people like Willie the Boatman are expanding and putting a whole new brew house and, and going to a whole new venue. Like, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, and that's a sign of growth, and that's all round. Like, name a brewery who hasn't expanded in the last two years. Mm. It's getting bigger and bigger. But yeah. Mm. What about, is there anything else that you've noticed changing recently that's of interest to you? Um. I'm not sure. I think that's probably the big ones. Uh, I guess another thing that I've noticed is that there are now, uh, given the, the success of these smaller inner west breweries, it seems like a lot of larger breweries now, for instance, the ones we just talked about in Circular yeah. Key, are also now starting to have a physical place for people to come to come and visit, uh, trying to, I think, yeah. in, be involved in the success of being able to go to the place where the beer is brewed. Have you guys had a chance to go to Squire's Landing? Not yet. I have no. been, actually, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Like, it's, it's, it's a, the it's view a is fantastic. spectacular venue, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it is very um, smick. It's not like a nice casual pub, but it's you got to be impressed. Yeah. I mean, I'm going amazing. there with my dad tomorrow for Father's Day. Oh, so, awesome. yeah, yeah. I mean, dad would be, he loves his beer, but something like in the, in the inner west is a bit too, like... Bit too rough and ready bit for too him. rough and ready, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we go with something intermediate and, you know, he, but he likes his, his likes his craft beer. I bring yeah. him beers up, you know, lives on the other side of the bridge. I drive him batch <laughs> beers up and things. Oh, dad, there's this new beer out you should try. So he wants to explore it. And I think like, yeah, that the, the, these bigger places kind of yeah. are opening people's eyes and to that kind of what exists exactly right in a bit more a smaller and I think setting i guess that model of having like a secondary venue or like a big place opening a smaller brew pub sort of a thing which is interesting and starting to see i mean yeah just down the road from here sydney breweries has put a little brew that, pub yeah. into yeah. the the ridges hotel which is looking really nice and cool that's i think it's awesome the fact on the street you can see someone brewing a beer inside mm-hmm. um yeah endeavor squires and i think i think you're going to see that model even for some of the smaller guys i think i've I've spoken to a few people who are looking at, you know, Batch said they're they're, they're looking at a second site to have a, little, a smaller brewing facility as well. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they think you're going to see that. Is that something in the States I saw quite a bit? Like, you know, Sierra Nevada has a tap room in Berkeley and, you know, a lot of the, I think in California you can have up to four or five sites on your one license. It's a bit of a license oh, wow, thing. Okay. So you can have tap rooms and these That's types cool. of things. That makes sense because I always wondered why so many breweries there have many different locations. Yeah. yeah. I think in California, you're allowed to have multiple, like there's a set number you can have of external sites off the one license. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, so it's, I think, that's an interesting model you're going to see, I think, coming here now. Like, you know, the guys at Batch are saying they want to have a really small facility where they can just brew out really crazy stuff in smaller smaller volumes. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what they originally started to do, but they've kind of had to become a bit more of a production-style brewery yeah, because yeah. they just the make too much beer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And Stone Woods opening in Brisbane, yeah. doing the same thing. Or a similar it's thing. A, it's a brew pub, yeah. right? Is yeah. It? yeah. Well, it's like a 600 litre system. Yeah. Yeah. So they they were saying it's like a training venue for mm. their accounts, so that they can bring people in and go, oh, this is our beers and this is what we're about. But they're also going to do small batches as well. And collaboration there. beers, I'd imagine, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that as well. I mean, they've also got fixation opening up, which is you know very hop driven, but still along the same lines. Yeah. So that's a pretty decent sized brew house. Like, mm. yeah. So I think it's it's interesting to see how this is changing and. 
I think one thing I've noticed recently is being able to multiple sort of brands off the one thing, like kind of like Bridge Road with Mayday Hills yeah. and... I think we're starting to see that come through a bit more, which is... It's, it sounds like if these big breweries are opening up little smaller mm. kind of pilot brewing systems, that sounds like that's kind of the thing that's happening there as well. I mean, you've got the, the core range batch beers, then maybe you have the smaller limited release ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that seasonality is a way that for bigger breweries to stay current with the more, I guess, craftier or pointy end of the stick, I guess you could say, like... You know, like Stonerwood, I mean, not that I've got nothing against Stonerwood, but I love, you know, but I'm not going to have a Pacific Hell on a weekly basis, but mm. every time I go back to it, I really enjoy it. But yeah, then, yeah. You know, they're starting to see a lot of their more seasonal, smaller releases come out, and some of them are like, oh, not some of them, they're all like actually pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. But still Stonerwood in some way as well, like they've found that balance really well. But um, I think it's a sort of a way to stay um, current when you just pretty much brew one beer yeah yeah. exactly yeah exactly before we take a break uh any are there any 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 changes you'd like to see in the industry like you know it's it's we've been talking about how the industry is evolving a lot in the last few years is there anything that you still think should be happening that hasn't happened yet well that's uh, that's a good question actually so uh the first one is yeah the more australian identity but the second one is and uh this is an article i wrote for the crafty pint earlier this year was the uh big issue on sexism it's and still I an issue, still right? think yeah. that that would be one thing that I think still really very much needs to change mm. and as I said in the article I think it was it's less about explicit sexism it's more this implicit idea just just that thing in the back of your mind like when mm. you know just assuming someone wouldn't want a beer or assuming something about someone uh, that's that kind of implicit bias is the thing that I would like to see change and I think it is and I think craft brewing is helping a lot with it and it's pushing away from from that blokey bloke image of, yeah, yeah. of beer. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's, it's getting there. But if I could change one thing, that would certainly certainly be it. I think there's a ways to go yeah. with that. Yeah, and I, it is a hard thing because it's, without defending it, I think it's a bit of an Australian culture thing in that as well. It's not just a beer thing. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a very hard thing to change, is, I think. But I think, I mean, I would like to think that it is slowly changing. I think it is getting better. I think beer is getting less blokey but there are still some occasions where it's an absolute sausage fest and mm. um i think we need to be making it more of a conservative effort just to be aware of, of things sometimes and yeah. i'd like to think that it's changing but it's going to be a long time i think i think <laughs> yeah. so yeah i think that the problem is it's not an obvious it's not an obvious thing it's not something like oh you, you know you can't say that don't say that next time no. it's more of just a something that you you have yeah in australia you have grown up with it's something that's kind of in your yeah. in, deep rooted in your mind and then it's something that then makes it very hard to change but the good thing about the beer industry is is that they're always willing to change and, and change. always willing yeah. to try a new yeah. thing so i I definitely have hope for it. Oh, no, yeah, I'd agree. And I think it's really important, you know, that you're writing articles about it. And I think the more that it's out there, the more that people are aware. Because I think sometimes people don't... I think some people don't realise they're doing it, which is kind of bad. I guess the first step is being aware. The second step is changing, right? Well, I was was very careful with how I wrote it because I didn't want to be accusatory and pointing fingers. I I just wanted to say, yeah, Yeah. this is the issue. Like, contemplate it as you will. And I was so surprised about the response that it got. Like, I was expecting people coming out and saying, you know, this isn't true, it's not happening, and, ah, oh, this is just anyone, feminist BS. No, everyone was really supportive yeah. about it, which was fantastic. Yeah. So that just goes to show that that is an accepting and change, yeah. willing to change industry. I, I would imagine some people would have read that and would have been hard for them to accept that it's a thing, but it is, yeah. of course. And I think, yeah, like I said, I think 
we all as an industry need to make an effort. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I'm glad we don't see as much of that trend is that really sexist beer label stuff in Australia yeah. besides a certain brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, still happening. Yeah, yeah, which still think they can do that. But yeah, yeah. besides that, I think that's glad to say that sort of that sexual innuendo yeah. thing is not as rife here as it was in Absolutely. the States. And, yeah. I, and I'm glad that it's getting called out a lot more often now as well. Mm. It should be, yeah. 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 But you're right, I think that is a challenge and I think it's something as an industry we need to focus on. And I think, you know, like things like BrewCon and all this stuff, I, I believe that there was a discussion around that there and I hope that there is. And there should continue to be because it's not a, oh, we've done that, tick the box sort of a thing. It has to be a... Constantly exactly, thing, right? yeah, an ongoing mm. thing. Yeah. Mm. On that note, take a quick break. Yeah, let's take a quick break. I need a beer. Sessionable. The Hunter Valley is well known for its wine, but did you know that there's a growing beer scene there as well? A great way to check out the awesome beer and breweries in the Hunter Valley is to get on a brewery tour. Fortunately, Dave's Travel and Events Group offers such a tour. On their appropriately named Hop Hunter Tour, you will visit breweries new and old and find out why the Hunter Valley is not just about wine. To book your tour today, check out daves.com.au. All right, and we're back. Welcome back, guys. We've we got did. some new beers yeah, in front of us. Yeah, a couple of new beers. Uh, shout out to the Royal Albert for letting us record. As always, yeah. Um, Liam and I have a Crankshaft from Ben's Boats. Tasting good. I haven't won for a little while. Yeah. It's, nice. it's a bit hazy, but... It is a bit hazy, yeah. yeah. Tasting good, though. What do you got, MC? I have the uh, Sazerac White Rye from Hargreaves Hill, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So they call it a rye IPA... I don't know if Which I can I question? taste the, yeah. the Sazerac or the rye. I, for me, it's a lovely honeycomb beer. Yeah. It is, yeah. I, no, that's like actually what malt, it is. The malt base is amazing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I had one last night, and I was like, well, I wouldn't call it a rye IPA, but it's a it's like good a, beer. It's, it's, it's a dessert beer. beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really it nice. It is a dessert yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's an awesome beer for some beer pairing, like some food, food pairing, sorry. Awesome. Yeah, it's 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 nice to have a kind of a sweeter beer, a more dessert style beer that's yeah. not overly sweet. No, it's not, is it's it? Good. Yeah, yeah it's I, kind of a good combo. I'm a bit fussy when it comes to like really really sweet beers sometimes, but yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, before we go to get into the recommendations, should we should we kind of kind like put on record the what we we were discussing during the break? Because we yeah. were talking about like spent grain and stuff and. Yeah, so, I don't know. Oh, because we're talking about the Bloodwood event, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and plug, then, plug Sydney Beer Week. Um, and about people using spend grain yeah. in beer. And, we, you know, we had a bit of a conversation during the break about off-mic um, with, like I was talking about, I think Ben Spoke used spent grain to coat their buffalo wings or their, their wings. And we're talking about some other places that use spent grain as well. Yeah, Foghorn in their pizza. Pizza, pizza bases. bases. Yeah, yeah. I want to th- say that. I'm sure Stomping Ground do some... Oh, probably. I, would, I wouldn't put it past them, yeah. But it's been a while since I've eaten there, yeah. so, yeah. It, it would make sense because the brewery is right next to the the restaurant mm. kind of thing. Um, I think there should be more of it. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think oh, I was... actually, I've got a better one. So, um, has anyone been to Grumpy Donuts, which is next to Wayward? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I used to live around there. That's but dangerous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Yeah. Wayward was too regular a haunt. Yeah, yeah. I saw that Grumpy Donuts is like literally next door to Wayward. They've done a creme brulee chocolate filled donut and it's got the St. Basil's Imperial Stout oh, in the what? Of the donut. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wayward's really good with that. They also have their, uh, I think it's their, maybe the Charmer that's in a pie at the Pie Tin in Newtown. Ah, so that's a great beef yeah. pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it goes yeah. in their chunky beef pie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I don't think I've ever actually been to Grumpy's Donuts because every time I go, it's closed. But I've had a lot of their donuts just sitting on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. They yeah. also made they made beers um, for for them a while they ago. Did I a think I don't... Of, like a like a two beers and donuts. That's right. Together, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome. I yeah. love that though. I love that interaction between food and beer, and using beer and food, and you know, using the ingredients of beer, you know, brewed or yeah. spent grain or yeah. otherwise to make food and that whole beer and food matching thing. It's like... Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, like, you gotta, you got to look to, like, Rogue and, like, Voodoo Donuts for that. Like, I remember being in Portland when that first one came out and that was pretty pretty insane. I think that whole series has gone way too far now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how many... I can't keep up with them anymore, but yeah. Um, yeah, I like something that's got, like, two really strong brands that can do something together that's the best of both worlds, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. It's good yeah. fun, yeah. Um, so the other thing we talked about during the break, which we probably talk about on mic, is um, a lot of the fundraising that the beer industry is doing for the farmers' droughts at the moment. Yeah, well. yeah. Um, you know, we've seen there's a lot of Palmers for a Farmer deals going around. Um, the one that I was talking about is I know uh, Akasha's brewed a Canada Bay... What style of beer is it? A Pilsner or a Lager or Pale? I think, think it's a pale. so, yeah. yeah. So Canada Bay is the, re- yeah. the area of yeah. Sydney where they are. And that I think they're doing a dollar from every... Everyone sold over the bar at the brewery goes to farmer drought relief. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's exactly what Adrian was saying about taking care of everyone in the industry. Well, we can't make any beer without, without exactly. them. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember many like a few years ago when uh, Young Henry's made that drought draft and they tried to make a beer that would represent the ingredients used in a, in a drought. Yes. I always really liked the really message of that beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and are you guys doing something at the Royal Albert, aren't you? Yeah, so I think by the time this episode comes out, it would have happened already. But we we are planning to do a farm aid event that helps, uh, that supports the... Is Johnny Farnham coming? No. We, <laughs> actually, we were trying to get Daryl Braithwaite for it. And I don't think there was any response or anything, but it would, know, I could it would have been pretty that, fucking yeah. epic if we did. <laughs> But uh, so we're raising money for the Center for Rural and Remote Mental Health, That's which is really cool. That's yeah. fantastic course. Yeah. So um, by the time this episode comes out, hopefully it was a raging success. Oh, great. Um, did we pre-warn you about um, recommendations? Or? About recommendations, yeah. yes. Yeah. You, can, you can reuse I'm your last one. I'm rehashing my last one. Oh, yeah. My, my last <laughs> one. yeah. <laughs> Since it was never aired. Yeah. Um, cool. Do we do beer or non-beer first? Let's go non-beer first. All right. Yeah. You want to kick off, MC? Sure. So I think uh, last time I recommended this fantastic gift that I got, which was a, a thing called a mini presso, which is a little handheld, yes. little tiny black device that you uh, put hot water in one end, you put your coffee grounds in the other end, and then you kind of pump it until you get a beautiful espresso shot. No and, way. Uh, it is a fantastic thing. Still going it's, strong? It's, it's great. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's about the size of this midi glass, and you take that along with your, your grinder, and the thing I love about it is that it's so portable that I can take it, just like trying beer around the world, yeah. go and try coffee beans from around of the course, world, yeah. and then grind them yourself and have your own espresso, which you need a yeah. day before a day of whatever you're doing <laughs> yeah. overseas, especially if you've been out drinking the night before. Awesome. So yeah, highly recommend awesome. that thing, yeah. and it, it's lasted very well so far. So yeah, I've been eyeing happy one, of the, one of them off since the last time we were talking about it, so I'm going to have to pull the trigger and get one. And it's been great for camping as well. Yeah. I know you're supposed to be all, you know without life's luxuries while camping but it is actually very nice to have no, a coffee in the morning if you can take some of your luxuries with you like, then it's even better I mean, right? I'm, I'm happy to leave my mobile phone at home I'm having some fucking coffee while I'm going camping <laughs> that's for sure yeah because yeah, I usually go down the Aeropress route when I'm travelling yeah. but that sounds it's still a bit bulky yeah. though isn't it yeah yeah, it's pretty bulky yeah yeah that's, that's that sounds awesome yeah 
Um, so Brad was meant to be here today, but he got called into work. So Did he dial in a recommendation for it? Well, so he, he usually does like a very sensible like life hack recommendation. Yeah. And we're like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, oh, no, it's not. It's boring. He's like, no, it's He good. always has the yeah. best recommendations. He has the best ones. So you know, no, I, no, I, I have one kind of channeling Brad. Yeah. Yeah, Brad, it, yeah. It's an app for your phone. Uh, the one that I use is for iOS, but there might be a Google uh, Android equivalent. And it's called Stocard. And it's kind of like Apple Wallet, but for actual barcodes. So you know how you know loyalty programs would have a barcode that you scan? Mm-hmm. So like supermarkets or cinemas or whatever and instead of having to carry all your cards uh, on your wallet you can just scan the barcode and have it available in your so like your oh, flybys and your Coles card yeah yeah oh, yeah okay. I always forget that card when I go shopping yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. annoying yeah so I and I and you can actually just scan any barcode that needs scanning and save it on your phone and save it in your phone so what it about like concert tickets yeah concert tickets yeah. Um, you're a Swans member Liam yeah. you can scan your Swans membership card can you share a barcode with someone because that's the other thing we're like you yeah. know when we go to the Swans and someone's not coming you always have to get them to take a photo of their the Swans card yeah. to someone else well you can probably just it. open up the card uh, open up the app and take a screenshot and send yeah. it to whatever. So that's, I've, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty fun. fantastic. Yeah. So I've been using I it a Brad lot. would be impressed with that one. I've yeah. been using it a lot for borrowing library books because I always forget my library card whenever oh, I go to the library yeah, and go, ah, nice. oh, crap. <laughs> so now like, I just have my library card barcodes on this app and mm. bring it up whenever I go to the library. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, great. That's really cool. There you go. Stocard on iOS is probably an equivalent on Google as well. Brad would, be, Brad would be proud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I got roped into watching a series on Netflix called, has anyone seen Happy Valley? It's an no. English crime show. It's similar to like Broadchurch. Have anyone seen Broadchurch? Yep. Which is another one. So Happy Valley, it's about like a rural country town female police officer and it's just some really fucked up shit happens. My Sounds flatmates awesome. were like, like, knee deep into it I think there's two seasons out now and I came home one day all my flatmates were watching it and I walked into like this, the most intense scene I was like what the fuck <laughs> is this like, you need to watch this and so um, but yeah there's like two seasons on Netflix now it's called Happy Valley and it's really fucked up but you need to watch it it's really good yeah sweet beer? beer? yeah let's go beer MC? well I, I have to go with the most recent beer that I drank other than today which is the Filter IPA which I had at the launch last night at just the one, White right? Cocker 2. Just one? Yeah, just yeah, yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to try it. Just yeah. the 100, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a really good really good beer, as all filter beers are. I'm a big yeah. fan of filter beers, no secret. And yeah, just it's good, easy drinking beer, solid IPA. I definitely recommend to give it a go, especially if, if you're a fan of the other filter beers. I'm a big fan of filter beers, yeah, I'd love to give it a go. Yeah, yeah cool. We need to get her on the podcast sometime. Yeah. We've been saying this for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. We just need to bully her into doing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sam. Um, Adriana. Uh, I actually forgot what I was rec- going to recommend. I, so, I can go yeah, yeah, I've got a backup. I've got a backup. Yeah. Um, so, Akash's Black IPA. Uh, is that a rebrew really? or is it a newbie? It's a, I think they brewed it recently. Yeah. Really, really fucking solid. It's, um, I kind of like them. IPA, black IPAs that have a little bit of roast character. A bit of toastiness. Yeah, a little bit of toastiness. Um, you know, everyone's opinions differ mm-hmm. on this topic, but I like it. I like I like it to be somewhere in between IPA and stout, and this is like exactly that. Good assertive bitterness, toastiness and fruitiness on the nose. Mm. 
Yeah, really good. Um, I'm going to go with, and I know I said I, I normally don't like sweeter beers or dessert beers, but I had, I'm hoping there's still some around, which is Batches, Elsie's Other Udder. Oh, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. like the yeah. chocolate version of Elsie. Yeah. I've got, that I've got the, a couple the, of hands the huge home. kahuna. Yeah. That's also yeah. a chocolatey one, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I think I've got a couple of cans that left at home in the fridge, but they had that. I had that on tap, and that was really good. Yeah. Nice. The other one is uh, when they have the big punnet on, they have the, the Sidwa special, which is half a Elsie, half yeah. a big punnet, and that is also very nice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Life hack. <laughs> no, it's actually on the menu board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they literally just pour a half and half for you. Sweet. Yeah. Because Chris, Chris Sidwa is That's like, what Chris pretty does. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's called the Sidwa special. Nice. Pretty sure they had it as like a takeaway twin pack at one stage as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's so good. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty, MC. Thank you for coming on. And oh, thank yeah, you so much thank, for having thanks me. Thanks for joining us again. That's been yeah. good. I enjoy it every time. Hopefully, we'll get this one out. Yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully, that would be nice. Um, how can people get in touch with you on social media, etc.? So uh, I have for New South Wales. I have Facebook, just New South Wales, and Instagram. Uh, never really used Twitter. I tried. wasn't wasn't for me. No, yeah, I'm too unopinionated for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Instagram and Facebook, and then of course I would have to plug the Crafty Pint as well, of which course. is yeah. the Crafty Pint. And if you imagine, if you don't know what the Crafty Pint is, I don't know why you're listening to festival <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. I agree. I think Crafty is doing some amazing things, and. I think the content coming out is just getting better and better. It, it is, yeah. I was just reading the part three of the ownership thing. Well, that's fairly recent, wasn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. And that I really enjoyed as well. It was really good. Yeah, it's a good good, uh, good array of articles. I always particularly like the travel ones. Those are yeah. my favorites. Mm. Do you have to do any of those? I did once. I did, <laughs> did my 12 hours in San Diego, but uh, yeah, it's hard to cover all of San Diego's craft beer scene oh, yeah. in 12, 12, 12 hours. Yeah, hours so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was hard. Did what I could, but... Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> cool. Um, Sessionable-wise, you can find all of our contact details for everything at sessionable.net. Um, oh, and I was going to also yes. say a quick plug is Sydney Beer Week is live Woo. and tickets are on sale. Yep. Sessionable have two events we're doing this year. Two. Um, one free one we're doing uh, uh, live. The classic Monday yeah. night live episode followed by Frankie's. Yeah, and we've already got a... I don't know if I told you this, but we've got a confirmed international guest already. Oh, do we? Yeah. For that one? Yeah. Sick. Thanks, Liam. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be sick. Yeah, we awesome. We actually need to find out some other guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> In typical sessionable style, it's all last minute, but it comes to... Comes yeah. To, yeah. Um, that, and that's like the earliest we've locked in a guest, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because I did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, we're doing a um, our very first live style roulette. Yeah. So I know there's some fans of our Star Roulette episodes where we whip out the Dungeons and Dragons dice and uh, roll for some random styles. We're going to do a live one. It's going to be a very small, intimate one. I think it's about 15 people. Yep. Um, it's going to be at Bucket Boys with John, ourselves, and an international guest. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> a, um, uh, a beer expert. A beer expert. Or yeah. a beer style expert in, yeah. in particular. Mm. And so it's going to be a bit of a three-way competition between John, myself, and our international beer expert about... 
who's gonna who knows more know about me? <laughs> so I think that'd be worth it just for that. But, Sounds um, like an experience. But yeah, so that's gonna be a really small intimate event. But if you want to nerd out on beer styles, yeah. um, and anyone who's a fan of us star related episodes, that's gonna be. Re- I'm really excited for that one. Which be day is that one on? It's on the Wednesday. On Wednesday, right? Yeah, actually, random tidbit: the Wednesday is the busiest day of beer week. What? Really? It's the most events on. Wednesday. It's usually so, Monday, right? No, it's normally the, the two Saturdays. Oh, really? Busiest, okay. But yeah, Wednesday is yeah. chock a block. Take so Thursday off then, by the sound yeah. of it. Take the week off, come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're also going to have shirts available on at both events. I've, I've committed it to, yes. to audio already. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, good. See, I like this is how we find out what yeah. we're doing. We'll just tell each other on, on episodes. Yeah, yeah. I'd buy one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a go. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's ha- it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, cool. sweet. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Yeah, Thank you cheers. for coming on. Uh, cheers, everyone. Yeah.